0: Well, there's a second verse to that song for what he'll do. For what he'll do. Are you expecting him to do something today? <laughs> Amen. I am too. Brother Aaron, that was the song today about dancing. That was it. Worthy. Yeah. It's not the eternal morning. No, no, no. But he, he said, I'm dancing. Let the people dance, let the people sing. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I, I, I did a little dance lesson here a couple of weeks ago. Now, I can't do it today because it's Easter, and I'm supposed to be dignified and keep my coat buttoned and everything. And, but if you come back next Sunday, we'll be at our normal self, and I'll, I'll let the people dance, all right? Praise the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, next Sunday. Uh, but, but now, uh, I've got it covered, right? You're not going to be here, right? So you can't do that. Okay. I just want to be sure I was all right. <laughs> Turn, if you would, to the book of John. John chapter 19. Boy, what a blessed music uh, ministry today. Just wow. Uh, it has been tremendous. I was thinking on the way driving over here, uh, we, we've had a good probably 12, 1,300 people here today. Morning service was packed just like this, an early one. And wrote at uh, Mason Creek, great service. And I, I just thought to myself, who would have ever thought that I'd get to preach to a crowd like this? I mean, there's just nowhere in my vocabulary. Because uh, it's just, mm, it, God is good. That's all you can say. God is good. Amen. John 19, verses 1, we'll begin with, which is stand in place of a God's holy and inspired, inherent All sufficient word. The Bible says, Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. They smote him with their hands. Pilate therefore went forth again. And he saith unto them, Behold, I bring him forth to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said unto them, Behold the man. Father, I ask you this morning, speak to our hearts. Continue to let your Holy Spirit flow through this place. Have your way and your will in every life. Doesn't matter how old we are. Doesn't matter who we are. None of that makes any difference. Oh, God, that we could walk out of this place saying maybe for the first time in ever or the first time in a long, long time. I'm walking out of here in relationship with the King of kings and Lord of lords. I'm not backslidden, I'm not lost, I'm walking out of here saved for all of eternity. Lord, bless this service now, we praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, you may be seated. Jesus, of course, left heaven in all its glories, and he came to his own people, to the Jews, to To save them. Of course they rejected him. Three and a half years. uh, He healed them. He spoke to them. He ministered to them. uh, And now. They're begging the Roman leadership. To release a murderer. Instead of Jesus. They're, they're, They're to the point where. Hey. Doesn't matter what you have done. I want to tell you right now. We want Barabbas. We'd rather have a murderer than have Jesus on the street. Standing for Pilate here, they make a mockery out of Jesus. It's the Jews that have done it. They wanted to make him like a fake king. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They stripped him of his clothes and put a royal purple robe on him. And There in the middle of all of this, Pilate gave in. And I believe with all my heart, Pilate had no idea what he was doing. I think he had the wrong motives. I think he had the wrong idea. I, I I don't think he got across what he was trying to do, and I don't think he was even knowing. But he closed out that verse five with this: "Behold the man! Behold the man!" That's the question I want to ask you today: Have you beheld the man? Is he before you? Is he really? Uh, You know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Behold the man. I think Pilate is putting him out there, saying, "This is the man that y'all wanted. This is the man that you said release Barabbas for. This is the man that you have spat upon and rejected, and you've uh, smited him with your own fist. You punched him. Here he is. Behold the man." And that makes a statement that's still true today. Behold the man from the past to the present. We, we seek after celebrities. We seek after athletes. We seek after movie stars. We seek after singers and, and politicians and all that mess. And I want to tell you, we blame a lot of that on the young people. We, we say, well, the young people, this youth generation, you know, some of us old folk ought to own up and just realize that our generation wasn't any better. I said our generation wasn't any better. You, you, you dig up some of that music you used to sing back there. Yeah. Your mom and daddy didn't know it, but you sang it. And it's, it's in line with what we've got today. But let's just dissect this quickly. Ham's cooking. We've got to get out of here. All right? <laughs> Number one, I want you to note that there's a truthfulness. There is an authority in this person. It is truthful, and he is authoritative. Who is he? Is he... Behold the man, or is it behold the man? You see, that's the question this morning. Jesus has already told the high priest, my kingdom's not of this world. It's not of this earth here. You've got it all mixed up. My kingdom is a heavenly kingdom. I think what he's telling them here is, this world's not my home. I'm just passing through. I'm telling you, and that goes for every one of us too today. I love that real estate statement. uh, slogan, location, 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 you've got a chance to be located in a place called heaven, or you got a place to be located in a place called hell, but you will be located in one of those two places. I'm just telling you what the word of God says. Now, you know, I'm going to tell you what the word of God says. You do with whatever you want to do with it. I'm not from here. He's saying the son of man, the God and man, born of a virgin. He was all man, yet he was all God. Born of a virgin, robed in flesh. His eyes, ears, his feet. When you look at the man Christ Jesus, don't compare him to other religious leaders. Don't you compare him to the idols. Don't you compare him to a butler that you ring a bell for and he comes over and does whatever you want done. He's God, but he's also man. Pilate said three times, I find no fault in him. He is without sin. He is perfect. He never had a bad thought. There's no shadow of turning. He's eternal, righteous, just, pure, altogether lovely. Don't look at him like another human being. He's not just human. Don't look at his muscles. Don't look at his hair, his clothes. Look at him without error. Look at him without sin. Look at him without guile. Behold, the man. When you behold the man, you look at him as God. You say, well, I don't believe he's God. Doesn't make a difference in the world. Doesn't make a difference in the world. He's God, whether you want him to be God or not. When you behold the man, look at him as a savior. You say, well, he's not my savior. Doesn't make any difference in the world. He's still the savior of those who come to him. When you behold the man, you look at him as Lord. I'm not bowing down to nobody. You will one day. Every knee going to bow and every tongue confess. You will one day. You look at him when you behold the man as a master, whether you answer to him or not. You look at him as one who has all the power in his hands, whether you want to admit it or not. Behold the man. Mm. The second thing I see here, we're already a third through. The second thing I see here is the suffering. Behold the suffering and agony. Oh, could you behold this morning the man as he kneels down to pray. The agony is so thick. It is so in anguish that the Bible says he sweat as if it were drops of blood. Can you behold the man when he tells his three in the inner circle, you stay here and pray, and I'm going to go a little bit farther. And he gets back, and they're all asleep. And he said, couldn't you pray with me one hour? One hour? When you behold the man, you, you look at Jesus as the one who has saved people from their sin. And as he comes to the Father, he said, Lord, Father, if there's any other way... Let this cup pass from me. Let it pass from me. If there's any way that on April the 17th, 2022, that the people in this church, everyone could walk out of here saved, if there's any other way that can happen, do it. Nevertheless, I'm in. Praise God he's in. Amen. He didn't go halfway to Calvary. He went all the way. He's in. Behold the man as he gets up from the prayer time there and he meets those Roman soldiers and one of his very own comes up to him and kisses him on the cheek there. Behold the man. This is the man that he just washed his feet for just a few hours before. This is the man that he let carry the money of the disciples. Behold the man. Is there there in the garden and Peter is not only a loudmouth; he's a bad shot too. He took his sword out, I think he was going for his neck, hit his ear. Would you behold the man that could have killed that soldier for bringing that sword up against him? And yet he reached down and picked up the ear and put it back on his head. Wow, what a man, what a God. Behold the man who was led before the high priest all the religious people. They punched him in the face, smote him, the Bible says, and brutal stripping and smiting him, mocking him and taking thorns and cram them on his head. Behold, the man, as he's walking up, hear people screaming, crucify him, crucify him, when just a week before they were hollering, blessed be the name of the Lord, Hosanna, Hosanna. Behold the man is those nails in his hands and those uh, nails in his feet. Think about that the next time you get ready to go off on somebody. Behold the man who was scourged and beaten with nine tails laced with stone and metal and and and, and uh, uh, bones. And in his back, uh, thirty-nine times they would whip that back and it would dig in and rip that flesh out. And again, dig in that back and rip that flesh out. Behold the man. The next time you think about saying in a prefects you're cursing there, you behold that man and see what he's done for you. Behold the man as he carries his own cross, the nails in his hands and feet. Medically, they tell us that you have to push up in order to breathe when he was on that cross. Stretching those nail prints and and, and pain and agony there. Then what he's gone through for you, we gripe and complain because, well, I expect to come to church two times a week. I want to tell you something, nothing you've ever done, nothing you've ever experienced has come close to what this man has done for you. Nothing. You see, when, when we say, behold the man, all... Sins were placed upon him. He who knew no sin became sin. Amen? That means that when you look on that cross, you're not looking at a righteous person. You're looking at a rapist. He became sin. You're looking at a a thief, a murderer, a whoremonger, liar, drunk, homosexual, hater, curser, lust, You say, I can't believe Jesus would do that. I don't believe he thought it could either. But there was no other way for you and I to go free except through that. Don't you think if there'd been any other way he'd have done that? For a few moments this morning, I want you to forget about your outfit, forget about lunch, forget about the bunnies, and look at that man. Behold the man. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I believe he says my God twice for a purpose. I believe the first time he said my God, he was talking to God the Father. But when God the Father turned around, God the Holy Spirit left too. I think he's saying, my God Father, my God Holy Spirit, why have you forsaken me? Mm. Jesus was baptized. The dove flew there representing uh, the Holy Spirit, the ascension. Uh, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The Holy Spirit descended there. Now three and a half years later, Jesus is saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I don't like stories that don't end well. That's why we watch Hallmark 24 hours a day. They think I'm kidding. They're not. (laughs) You know, you can watch a Hallmark show for an hour and 55 minutes, and you can think those are some really people that are not intelligent. They jump to conclusions, and you're sitting there hollering at them at the television don't do it, stay 30 seconds more and hear the real truth. They never do. Oh, but bless God, that last five minutes. Within a five-minute time, everybody comes together. Families are put back together. Smiles are put back together. Everything is just wonderful, and everything is just happy ever after. It's just marvelous. It's marvelous. There's a victorious outcome here. A lot of negative here at the cross, but if there were no cross, there'd be no tomb. If there were no tomb, there'd be no resurrection. If there were no tomb and there was no cross, there'd be no ascension. And if there's no cross and no tomb and no ascension, there'd be no coming again. It's all in God's plan. Joseph of Arimathea allowed him to be buried in his uh, cemetery part there, a poor carpenter's son. He didn't have any money. And, and they, they thought as they were taking him off the cross, they weren't going to break his bones because he was already dead. It, wasn't, a, it that wasn't their nicety. That was fulfilling prophecy. Everything they did fulfilled prophecy. Listen, I, do, do you realize that everything in the Old Testament that was prophesied, those things that came true, don't you think the rest of it's going to come true too? My soul, it is. Behold the man as they stripped him off, Of his clothes and put him on the cross and laid him in a borrowed tomb and wrapped him in grave clothes and a napkin and I think probably now this is where I'm gonna do a little East Texas imagination Uh, I can't prove it's what happened but you can't prove it didn't happen and I think probably when he was in that tomb I think Satan probably got on the telephone and said corruption hello corruption there's no answer I think maybe he called the next day, Corruption, hello, corruption. You've got to get down there and decompose that body. You see, if, if the body was decomposed, it couldn't come back. That was the Jewish rule. So we've got him where we want him, but corruption, you've got to set in there. You've got to decompose that body. And I think probably that second and a half day, somewhere like that, devil says well you know if you're gonna get a job done you just got to do it yourself so I think he headed down to the grave I think he's got them Roman soldiers out there and I believe I believe probably you remember uh, the book of Genesis all the way back in Genesis 3 the scripture says that the devil is gonna bruise the uh, Jesus heel he's done that on the cross But the scripture also says that Jesus is going to crush his head. And I think what happened is, is when the Lord rolled that stone away, angels, whoever rolled it away, it's a big stone. I know that's what the Bible says. They rolled that stone away. I think Jesus walked out and there was a devil. I think he doubled up his fist and cold cocked him right there. (laughs) What would you expect an East Texas gun-toting person to say? And then, after he cold cocked him, I think he went over there and just stomped on his head. You say, Preacher, that's crazy. I don't know, but somewhere in the, he did. Mm. Now, Jesus had been just having a siesta. He's had a full-time agenda. He has not gone down into hell and got the keys. He's been busy. He hadn't just been laying around. Women are gathering to anoint his body with spices. Mary, who he had cast out seven demons from, she's saying, oh, she's weeping, and she thinks it's the gardener, and she said, if you'll just tell me where you've laid him, I'll go get him. And then he says, Mary, he calls her name. Immediately she says, Rabboni. She knows it's his, her master. She knows it's Jesus. She runs up to touch him because see she's the one remember that broke the alabaster box and wiped uh, uh, the tears and the, the ointment with her hair and so she's running up to touch him and Jesus said don't touch me don't touch me yet you see what he was saying is we've been in a physical relationship all these last three years or so all that's changing it's not gonna be physical anymore It's going to be spiritual. Hmm? They'd always been able to hug and all that, but now it's going to be spiritual. And let me tell you something about the spiritual part of it. It is more intimate and refreshing than the physical part of it. To know that you can leave here with a relationship with Jesus Christ, wow. Behold the man finds his disciples, he shows up in crowds, Thomas was there, he makes faithless people become faithful. He, he gave the great commission for us to go out into every nation, it, it, listen, Easter is not about bunny rabbits and, and candy and all the new clothes and all that, and, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. I love chocolate bunny rabbits. If you've got an extra one, put <laughs> it in an offering plate, I'll make sure. <laughs> I'll make sure the staff gets some. Aaron's already got them stuffed away in his office, I'm sure. But I want to tell you, as much fun as that is, behold the man. That's what Easter's all about. That's what the resurrection's all about. That same man came to earth, walked 33 years here. He was beaten and bruised and put in a bar of tomb, but he rose again the third day. He's our Savior, our Lord, and our King. High and lifted up, King of kings and Lord of lords. And there's somebody in this place this morning that needs to accept him as Savior. Some folk in this place this morning. Now, I know it's Easter, and preachers don't ever expect anybody to move on Easter. You think this is a big crowd, and I I don't want to make any decision on Easter. Well, I'll just tell you this. If the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you, you're fair game. And if he hadn't got a hold of you, you probably don't need to come anyway. Somebody needs to start praising him. Somebody needs to start reading the Word of God. Somebody needs to marry the right person. Behold the man. You you need to listen to the right music. Behold the man. You ought to act like one of his children. Listen, the next time you get on the computer to click it, behold the man. The tweet are going to sleep. Behold the man. That man is my Savior. If you're saved, he's your Savior. He changed your life. He's changed my life. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the lily of the valley, the bright morning star, the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. Behold the man, he's wonderful, counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, everlasting father, lamb of glory, lion of Judah, the way, the truth, and the life. He's the amen, the faithful, the rose of Sharon, the star of Jacob. Behold the man, he's my salvation. He's my propitiation. He's my justification. He's my sanctification. And one of these days, he's going to be my glorification. Behold the man, all powerful. He was, he is, and he shall be forever. The rock of my salvation, the cornerstone, the king of kings, and the lord of lords. Behold the man, Jehovah Jireh, the lord who provides. Jehovah Shalom, the lord who gives peace. Jehovah Rapha, the lord who heals. Jehovah Tichkanu, the lord of our righteousness. Jehovah Shama, the lord who is there. Jehovah Nisi, the lord our banner. And Jehovah Makashachem, the lord who sanctifies. Behold the man. You can't get him out of your mind. Heavens can't contain him. You can't get him off your hands. You can't live without him. And you can't outlive him. Behold the man. The Pharisees couldn't trap him. Pilate couldn't find fault. Witnesses couldn't get their stories together. Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. The grave couldn't hold him. He had no predecessor. He's got no successor. He's he's not going to be impeached and he's not going to resign. Behold the man. He's king of kings and lord of lords. Now, ladies, let me just speak to you for 30 seconds. If you don't know the man, ladies, you're never going to find the right man for you. Hmm? Some of y'all have been looking in all the wrong places. If you behold the man, He'll show you who you need to go with. Let me just talk just a minute about the men. Men, if you don't learn how to be like that man, you're going to be a sorry man all your life. Because the goodness don't come from you. It comes from God. And maybe we got some teenagers in here. You remember when Jesus was lost? 12 years old. They went back and found him in the house of God. It was almost like Jesus said, Mom and Daddy, I don't know where y'all get off. I told you I had to be about my father's business. I could have saved you a lot of time. Didn't you think I was going to be in the church? Can you imagine, Mama, you getting on the phone? I don't know where Junior is. He's gone. I bet he's in a car with somebody else. I bet he's at a house playing, uh, well, we don't play dominoes anymore. What is that? Playstations, whatever that stuff is there. I bet he's over there doing something like, no, Mama, he's at the house of God. Woo, for some teenagers that would love the house of God. Behold the man. Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No. There's a cross for everyone. There's a cross for me. The consecrated cross I'll bear till death shall set me free. And then go home to crown to wear for there's a crown for me. Upon the crystal pavement down at Jesus' pierced feet (laughs) joyful I'll cast my golden crown and his dear name repeat O precious cross O glorious crown O resurrection day Ye angels from the stars come down and bear my soul away. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that in this place today, we could behold the man. We could know that you're high and lifted up. We would know, Lord Jesus, that you loved us so much that you died on Calvary. For our sin, the grave couldn't hold you. You arose on that day, and Lord, because you arose, you were the first fruits. There'll come a day when we're going to rise again, also. I ask you, Lord Jesus, in this congregation, those that need to be saved, don't let them leave here the same way they came in. Those that need to come and move their church letter. Those that need to recommit their life. Maybe they're just some daddies and husbands that need to take a mama and children and just say let's go to the altar we we haven't done a good job of beholding the man we uh, we've got a long way to go but lord with your help we're gonna go have your way and we'll rejoice in jesus name would you stand together brother Andrew?